Rogers plays here. Get the latest from the Packers quarterback every Tuesday at 1.30 and again at 5 on 540 ESPN and ESPNWisconsin.com. It is the Aaron Rodgers Show, the season finale. Tuesdays with Aaron with, and I can't say reigning NFL MVP anymore because Adrian Peterson is now the reigning NFL MVP, but 2011 NFL MVP and Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Joining us from Parts Unknown, Aaron, how are you? I'm good, Jay. All good things must come to an end, huh? Uh, or, or at least go on hiatus. You'll be back next season. You're like uh, Frosty the Snowman. You'll be back on Christmas Day. Good news, Day. Is, good news is I'm on Twitter again. Uh, I can see people are very excited about that. Um, I have, we have a, a, yeah, I, I just want to say that uh, I realized something yesterday, and that was when you tweet at someone who has like 13 times more followers than you. <laughs> and I'm talking about Harry from One Direction. Yes. Uh, then your your uh, your Twitter feed gets blown up with uh, mentions from all of uh, his fans for like two days. So were you were you disappointed that his fans did not put you over the million mark? Though I thought for sure that that would result from your interaction with him. I, I haven't even looked to be honest with you. You're at eight hundred fifty thousand five hundred seventeen. If you're keeping track. Well, thank you to uh, my man. Um, there's a couple of questions about not only that, but uh, some other things on Twitter. We'll get to those in the Ask Aaron segment. But you promised, you teased, you said there would be a reason to tune in for this show. The floor is yours. Why do we all need to listen to this show? It's a great show. I mean, you get some <laughs> good insights. <laughs> Am I selling the show right now? Is it, is it well, you, you said you, it's up to you. I mean, I I, I'm, I had a theory on what might that have had to do with, and, and then we obviously had Saturday night's festivities, which we'll get yeah, into. Your, your theory was a little unfounded. You know, it was, uh, it was a little off. Okay, but, well, tell, uh, us, tell us what I should have been. Well, if you didn't watch the NFL honors, uh, I got to present with Brett Favre. On stage, we presented the uh, comeback player of the year to Peyton Manning, who eventually won. And, uh, you know, the big news was that Brett and I, um, you know, being at an appearance and, and being together for the first time in a while, uh, it was something that was in the works. I, I knew about it last week. That's why I kind of gave a little teaser that there might be something interesting to talk about. Uh, wasn't for sure going to do it yet, but, but it was in the works, and I was – I was leaning towards going to New Orleans and, and doing that and doing some other things. So we ended up doing it, and we had uh, we had a real good time. Now, you had left a couple of breadcrumbs for us uh, in retrospect. You talked about your friendship with uh, the producer of the NFL Honors Show, right? You're friends with her, and that was one yeah. of the reasons why you were going to do it. Um, so rewind back to last week and explain to us how this whole thing came together. Well, you know, as a player, who, especially one that's been to the Super Bowl as a has a player before, uh, you know, I think there's a little bit of reluctance at times to be out there because uh, you get those feelings of disappointment that you, you're not playing there, how you finished up the season and whatnot. But, um, you know, the, the Super Bowl atmosphere is, is always a good one. The ones did a great job of, of hosting that, and everything was pretty much in walking distance, so it was, it was really easy to get around. Um, you know, I think the last two especially have been great. But the NFL Honors, which started last year, I was able to be a part of and present and win MVP award uh, at that. And uh, I am friends with uh, the producers who put that on and uh, you know, had, had talked to them about, uh, you know, if I was going to come down there and uh, had some other things, opportunities to do, so decided I was going to go. And, and once I decided I was going to go, um, or was thinking I was probably going to go, they pitched me this idea of presenting with Brett just to see how I would feel about it. And uh, I thought about it for a little bit, but I really felt strongly that it was going to be a good thing for both of us and for and for Packer Nation. I think, you know, like I said after the show, it's, you know, as the face of the franchise now, a role that I take very seriously. And 
have responsibility and, and enjoy having the opportunity to represent uh, my team, yeah, I think it's important to to realize that uh, it's, it is time to probably move forward. And uh, it was good to be able to talk to Brett on the phone, and then uh, and then be able to see him and spend some time with him. We got a real sweet pick backstage of Joe Montana, Brett, myself, the Mannings. Uh, it was it was a good event. It was fun to present with Brett. Uh, the script uh, part of that was scripted on stage. Part of it uh, was a little ad lib, but we had a good time with it and uh, enjoyed that time. All right, fill us in on on what was scripted because uh, if it wasn't scripted, the that was awkward line was terrific. Was the confusion over whether to hug or not was that part of the script? Kind of take us through how the script was written and, and what was real and what was planned. Yeah, well, scripts are always changing, uh, and, and often the best, as I found out in, in my small body of work with the, with the commercials I've done, often the best takes or the best lines are those that are a little ad-libbed and where it's just kind of a natural na- natural reactions. We had talked about uh, the lines a number of times and kind of how we wanted to do it, and uh, and then we'd kind of thought about doing uh, like a little hug, but maybe saying, ah, oh, no, too soon, making a joke about <laughs> about that. But uh, I thought that was what we were going to do, and then Brett didn't really come in for the hug, so it was kind of an in-between thing. And as I look back now, the irony of me saying that was awkward was, uh, to some people watching, they might think that was awkward, but, but honestly... Uh, I really had a good time seeing him and getting to talk to him and catch up, and, and there was nothing awkward about that moment for the two of us. Uh, we had talked on the phone, and we had also uh, spent time, um, you know, before the show for, you know, a good amount of time talking, talking about the script, catching up. And <clears throat> so that moment, uh, you know, a lot of people have written that uh, stuff about, you know, it was an awkward moment. Uh, that That's kind of the... Uh, the joke in that in that statement was that there was there wasn't a, a lot of awkwardness uh, really at all uh, for for Brett and I but uh, I hope the fans enjoyed it and, and got a little laugh out of some of the stuff. I know you'll want to keep most of your conversation with him between the two of you, but can you give us some idea? To, I mean, it's been a long time since you guys had talked. You you personally had gotten caught in the middle of of a fairly ugly divorce between him and the team. Did you guys have to to talk through a few things before you were willing to do that? Well, not not really. You know, it didn't take a a lot of uh, coaxing for me to to want to do it. I did want to to sit and think about it and and make sure it was the right thing to do. But, um, yeah, I really feel very secure in my position with the team and and, uh, feel good about the things that we've been able to accomplish uh, in my five years as a starter and um, feel good about the direction that the, the organization is going in and and Brett is uh, is two years removed from the game and he's going to be a, obviously a first first ballot, I don't know if he's new ballots in, in the Packer Hall of Fame, but he'll be in the Packer Hall of Fame, we'll get his number of titles, he'll be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, in the next few years, so it's important I think to um, to make sure that, that he's recognized and uh, you know, for all the accomplishments that he's achieved uh, in our organization, especially, uh, he's you know very dear to many of our fans still, and the things that he's done for the Packers uh, on the field, you know, you can never take that away. So, uh, as as the face of the franchise, I felt like it was important uh, that I take a leadership role in that, and and uh, not that you know, not that one was needed now, but I thought it was it was good timing to. Uh, just let the fans know, let Brett know, and uh, that uh, you know, let, let's move forward. Let's um, you know, let's heal things up and let's move forward. He said that there was never any ill will toward you as that whole thing broke up uh, when he was talking on the NFL Network before the game. Was there any for you that you had to get past or no? Well, I'm not really going to get a whole lot into that. I, I'm going to. I'm going to pull a, a Mark McGuire line here and say I'm not. I'm not here to talk about the past. Um, <laughs> I just. I, I feel like uh, it's, it's important to move forward. Um, you know, again, I feel great about 
about where I'm at in my career and the things that, that we've been able to accomplish as a team and personally. And, uh, you know, I think when you get older in this league and now as Donald is going to retire here tomorrow, uh, I'm going to be the longest tenured Packer, which is crazy to think about. You know, really only eight years ago I was drafted by by the Green Bay Packers and now, you know, I've seen a lot of a lot of guys come and go. Uh, it makes you start thinking about what your legacy is going to be and how you want to be remembered. And as I move forward, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, we can lock something up here in the next couple of years and, and keep me in Green Bay for my career. But I think about you know how I want to be remembered, and, and this is one thing that I, I really want to uh, move forward with and and embrace. Uh, as I am very uh, you know very secure with uh, you know with my spot on this team and, and my place. Uh, last thing about this, and I can't wait to see a picture of you, Brett Favre, and Bart Starr all in the same frame. Um, I don't think is there a picture like that in existence at this point. I don't think so. Right. I'd have to think about it. I don't think there's one of the three of us. I'd like to see that. But what, what, if any, contact did you have with the team before you did this? Did you talk it over with Ted or Mike? Because obviously. This, as you pointed out, this relationship is really important to Packers fans. And uh, did you have to discuss it at all with Mike or Ted, or did you just sort of do it on your own? And now you're going to let it kind of move forward the way it moves forward. Yeah, I'm not really going to talk about uh, any interaction other than there just wasn't there wasn't really uh, any. Um, but but I'm you know the team obviously uh, knew about it um, and. and uh, I think, as an organization, you know we're we're uh, we're ready to move forward. You know, we're Mike has done an incredible job in his in his seven years here of uh, setting direction and and leading. And Ted Thompson drafted me. I, I think uh, you know he took a lot of heat early on in his career, but I think people can see uh, the skills that he has in evaluating talent and bringing in uh, new guys every year who contribute. And I think he's you know very. Um, very confident in his abilities and proud of the things that he's been able to uh, accomplish. And um, we're all—I I can't speak for everybody, but I can, you know, speak for myself, saying that uh, I'm ready to move forward uh, as far as things go with Brett. And, and uh, you know, I think this was a good thing for our team, good thing for our organization, and, and hopefully, um, you know, they feel the same way. Packer fans feel the same way. You know, uh, things happen and. And I think it's important to uh, to move forward and, and for the healing process to begin. The second most important thing that came out of that uh, scripted exchange that Drew Olson and I were talking about before the show, um, your comedic timing was pretty darn good. You even had the wherewithal to wait for the laughter to die down before delivering uh, the rest of your line. Did that help your chances at Saturday Night Live? Because that's another thing everyone seems to care about. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen with Saturday Night Live. I, I love those people. I haven't I haven't heard from them. That's something I'd like to do, but I feel like I still have um, a, a second half of my career to go. So I feel like there's still time to do that. It's something I'd love to do at some point. Uh, don't think it's going to happen in the top season, but uh, I can tell you I am getting more comfortable in those uh, in those opportunities of presenting. I presented now uh, with uh, with Zoe. Uh, at the ESPYS, I presented with uh, Justin Timberlake at the SP, at, at the ESPYS as well. Or I guess I don't know the honors, but I've presented I think, three or four times now. You I'm always get those shows more. mixed up. I know, I know. They're by the same producer. That's why. Uh, but I am feeling more confident in, in those in those times. And I think when you're rehearsing the lines, you always hope that uh, that there's going to be some laughter. You, you know, it's hard to it's hard to be funny when you're trying to be funny. So you you kind of hoping that natural reactions and natural conversations uh, are going to produce some sort of laughter. Brett's line, obviously, his opening line about everybody loves a great comeback. You know, when a great player makes a comeback, uh, you know, obviously had people thinking, oh, you know, and there's some laughs there. My natural reaction, you know. There with the, with the script uh, was like oh yeah uh-huh. okay I got you you know and, and that that brought some laughs which was nice uh, I was surprised by the clapping with the uh, with the handshake when we when we did the handshake and went in for the the hug or not the hug um, 
backstage we were laughing about if you've seen Step Brothers, the hug between um, Will, Will Ferrell and his brother at the end of uh, at the end of the movie after the Catalina wine mixture. Uh, I was thinking if we didn't done something like that, that might have been funny as well. But uh, like I said, it, when, it's, it, when you're trying to be funny, it, you hope. Uh, that you don't have to try too hard and you'll get some laughs and, and thankfully we did and so I was able to to pause and kind of let that moment happen. Michael Irvin uh, enjoyed it I think as much as anybody. Um, <laughs> not sure if he was coughing or if he was laughing hard but uh, I think he enjoyed that and uh, and like I said it was a good experience. We enjoyed it. We had fun with it and I think the response was pretty good. They They had an interesting shot of Montana and Young right before the whole thing started and then obviously Peyton delivered a pretty good line himself about him and Andrew Luck, which I thought was well-delivered as well. Peyton has uh, an incredible ability to uh, to use his comedic timing. I mean, he's, uh, he's a genius at that. He sets the bar uh, at the top with his commercials, and and obviously his performance on SNL speaks for itself. But, uh, I, you know, it's funny. Brett and I were standing there, and we couldn't hear what what he had said uh, for whatever reason when you're when you're kind of off to the side of the, the microphone there uh, I wasn't sure if he was like making a joke about us or if he said you know <laughs> I couldn't hear exactly uh, you know what the comment was but I watched it back and, uh, and that was a great comment by Peyton but he just he does a great job up there um, he had an incredible season it was fun to be able to spend time with him and his dad and Eli talking about the Pro Bowl and our coaching staff uh, backstage when uh, when Brett and I and Joe uh, were all uh, having a conversation. So that was a fun. It, it, those are the fun parts of those uh, situations. You know, when it's just an NFL honors show, it brings together, you know, for me, a lot of my favorite players growing up. I mean, I got to see Steve and his family, Steve Young and Joe Montana again, uh, Barry Sanders, who I was a huge fan of growing up. Uh, I got to see him at Smith backstage, obviously Jerry Rice. Um, so you're, you're you're seeing a lot of people you grew up watching, and then your contemporaries as well. Who, um, you know, a lot of guys have a lot of respect for all three rookies uh, who had great seasons, who were up for Rookie of the Year. Um, you know, got to interact with those guys, and uh, it was just a really good event uh, put on really well. New Orleans again did a great job of hosting the Super Bowl, and um, you know, it's tough to be down there and not play. But I think uh, you know to be able to do some of the events that I was able to to be a part of and do the honors and. Um, and be able to, to see Brett. That was that was a good experience. Yeah. What else did you do? How long were you down there? What else did you do as far as Super Bowl week? I saw uh, Hayden Pantieri. I don't know if I'm saying her name right. Uh, posted a photo of you like sitting next to her in a couch uh, on her Instagram. I, there was a item on Grantland.com about you going around at a party, tapping people on the shoulder, confusing them as to who was tapping them on the shoulder. Uh, what kinds of things did you do besides the NFL honors and the big uh, Brett Favre non-hug? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the the tapping people on the shoulders. I'm not sure what that was what that was all about. But uh, got in on Friday and, and had an event Friday, and then Saturday did a did a fun uh, kind of Q and A and lunch with State Farm people. Uh, just love that uh, you know that business, that organization. The State Farm has been great to me. I've loved doing the commercials. It was fun to spend time with some of their top agents, um, just doing a, a real um, personal question, question and answer session with uh, with them, and got to spend time with some of the uh, the higher ups as well. After that, um, and then did the NFL honors and and went to the game on Sunday as well. So the pick with uh, with Hayden was from Sunday. Uh, her and uh, you know thirty other people were in the. We were all in the same box. Um, got to see. Uh, Beyonce and the blackout and uh, and a pretty good football game too. Yeah, let's let's talk about the blackout. One of the ask Aaron questions from Marine was what you thought of the blackout and what would you have done if the Packers were playing in that game? What would have gone through your mind? You think? I I know there's been delays in games before for other reasons, but that was uh, that seemed to be a pretty big momentum shifter and a pretty big deal in that game. Yeah, it, it was it was interesting. You know, when you think about the Super Bowl, a lot of people um, probably don't don't focus on the fact that uh, or don't know that a normal halftime in the NFL is about 12 minutes, and the Super Bowl is is more than double that uh, because of the performance uh, by Beyonce and stuff. So when we got in the locker room at halftime in in, uh, in Dallas, you know, we took our pads off, we relaxed. The first 10 15 minutes, you don't even really do anything. There's just 
you're kind of to yourself. The coaches are talking, and it's it's a different feel. And then uh, you know to come back out and then to have another thirty plus minute delay. Uh, you know, I, I was uh, you know was asked, hey, who do you think this uh, this delay is going to help? And I said, San Francisco for sure. Uh, this this kind of you know can can take the momentum uh, if you believe in momentum away from the Ravens who are up twenty eight six at that point. It brought it brought to mind two occurrences where similar things happened. The first is when I was in high school. It was 2001 in November, um, so we're two months after 9/11, and we're playing our uh, the the Almond Bowl, which is Pleasant Valley High School against Chico High, and driving to the game, or driving to the the high school before we busted the game, and the whole lights went out in the city. Uh, now that was kind of scary. That was a scarier uh, blackout there, as we're two months, away, you know. After 9/11, there were rumors that something was happening with the, with the nation, and and that was kind of crazy. And the other occurrence was at Oregon in 2003. We were playing them uh, at at the Austin Stadium and uh, playing very well. It was a night game. It was super loud. We were ahead by seven at that point. It was in the uh, I think we had just started the fourth quarter or towards the end of the third quarter, and the the, the stadium lights went out, which which Cal fans and and players at that time still. Uh, have conspiracy theories about but when they turned the uh, we had all the momentum at the time when they turned the lights back on uh, Oregon came out uh, in a you know in a furious rally and beat us late in the fourth quarter so uh, I can tell you from experience that it does shift some momentum and uh, for Oregon that day and they got all the momentum once the lights went back on and the crowd was into it that was about a 35 minute delay probably at that time and uh, you saw it, San Francisco, although they had a third and 13 coming out of the blackout and didn't get it, uh, they got the ball back and scored, created a turnover and scored, and next thing you know, it's a one-possession game and uh, and went right down to the end. So you, you, you said at the beginning of that answer that if, you're, if you believe in momentum, you would fall under that category that you believe that there is momentum in the game? Oh, for sure. For sure. You can. I think you can feel it on the field. You can feel the... When the crowd starts to get back in it, you can feel when the intensity level starts to pick up, the urgency level, especially from the defense. I, I like to, you know, I was thinking to myself up in the stands and, and talking to my little brother sitting next to him. Uh, he went out with me for the uh, for the events, and um, I said the, the biggest thing you can do to halt some of that momentum is get a first down on the next possession, and that's something that, that Baltimore wasn't able to do because if you get that first first down after a, a momentum swing you kind of uh you cool a little bit of that momentum you don't take it all away but but you can uh, change field position a little bit and and, uh, and just kind of stem that first tide uh, that rush of emotion and energy that a team can get after uh you know climbing closer back into the game and baltimore wasn't able to do that and that's why san francisco got back in the game couple things before we get to our Ask Aaron questions. Both of those teams are on your schedule next year, the 49ers and the Ravens, both on the road. Uh, I'm sure there are some Packers fans who are wondering if you'd want to play in the kickoff game against the Ravens. I don't know if the home team has lost that any time recently. Uh, and overall, what do you kind of think of the challenges of the 2013 schedule, or do you not even bother to look at it until April when you get the dates and the times and, and everything else? You just know the opponents right now. Well, you have to think about it. I mean, it's a tough schedule. It, it lays out pretty tough for us. Baltimore, San Francisco on the road, the Giants on the road. Obviously, our division games are always difficult on the road. Uh, there's there's going to be some tough challenges. Uh, we know that. But uh, as far as playing the kickoff game, we'd love to. I mean, that's I think that's a great honor. and It's fun to, to Go in those situations. We've obviously hosted the uh, hosted the Saints here um, for a, for a kickoff game, and that was uh, that was great. That that, that has a, uh, a playoff atmosphere feel to it because you're the only game playing. It's before any other team has played, and everybody's watching. So the ratings are obviously always good, and it's uh, you know it's that's a high energy, high emotion game, and it would be you know it'd be a great honor. I think they go to Baltimore and play that. And, wouldn't be bad to, to play out there early in the season, too, knowing that it can get cold out there. But I've said it before on this show, uh, the first thing I look at when, I, when the schedule comes out is uh, when we play Chicago, at Chicago, because that's always uh, a fun game to play, a difficult game to play, and, and you're, you're kind of hoping that's an early in the season uh, game so you don't have to deal with the uh, intense lake effect weather. Uh, so that's what I'll be looking at when the schedule comes out. And 
and uh, you know how many prime time games we're going to get, uh, you know Sunday and Monday night games. Joe Flacco is an unrestricted free agent. Obviously, the Ravens are going to do what they need to do to bring him back. Uh, are you and your agent David Dunn paying attention closely to how that plays out, given your own contract situation? I think everybody's gonna gonna see uh, gonna see what uh, what Joe ends up signing for. I'm sure they want to lock him up. He's he's a great player. Had an incredible run in the playoffs and. Um, I'm sure they want to keep him around. A guy like that who can, uh, with the postseason success he's had, and you want to keep a guy like that around uh, for life. Does is, does it matter to you to be able to say that you're the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, or is it more important that you get a deal that's good for you and structured in a way that you can surround yourself with the talent you need? Well, it kind of is. It is what it is as far as that goes. Uh, the uh, the team when they're when they're ready to uh, to talk contracts, um, you know we'll kind of we'll get there when we get there. And um, obviously you got to be able to have guys around you uh, to compete and win every year. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with some of the uh, some of the phrases that we have. And when that time comes, you know, we'll we'll get a deal done. I'm not I'm not worried about that. I think the Packers. Uh, want to keep me around for a little while longer, and I'd, I'd love to to be a Packer for life. Uh, it's remarkable, like you said, that you're now the longest tenured Packer with uh, with Donald Driver retiring. Um, there's a couple guys on the team that are still older than you, but you're the longest tenured with the team. Does that come with any greater responsibility than you already have, or do things not really change given the leadership position you're in and the expectations for your leadership? Well, I think every year I play in the league, I have more responsibility and, and more leadership opportunities. Uh, as a young player, you realize this because you really look to the older players for that direction, uh, that voice, uh, that leadership. Um, my leadership style isn't going to change. I like to lead by example first uh, and be a guy who's on time in the right place at the right time and practicing the right way and saying the right things and doing right, the right things in the community and, and on the field and playing well. That that's not going to change, but I, I just I know that uh, I'm going to have a greater opportunity to lead, um, you know, with my words maybe more than uh, in previous years uh, as we move forward because you know the young players need to hear uh, kind of how things how things are, how the league works, how to be successful, uh, what the expectations are, and, and I look forward to those opportunities. I don't run from those. I look forward to uh, to, to having that voice and, and to setting the tone once we get back in April on uh, what it's going to take to get back to the Super Bowl. Did, did anything that happened this year affect how you looked at leadership? I, I go back to everything with Jermichael and, and having those Saturday night meetings with him and the fact that you spending that extra time with him seemed to correspond with him playing much better and, and being more consistent. Did you, did you learn anything during the course of the year about leadership that you'll take with you going forward? Well, as I learned back in uh, Coach Critchfield's class, coaching class <laughs> at Butte College when I was a, a freshman at, at uh, Butte Community College. What a great player, guy, by the way. It was fun to talk to him when I did that story. He's a, he's an interesting fella. Well, he's a cow guy. What do you expect? You know? Yeah, true. So is Mike Silver, though. <laughs> Good point. Uh <laughs> Every every player has different uh, different buttons uh, that you can push on them to get them to respond in a positive way, and um, you have to you know you learn uh, how to you know how to talk to guys, how to motivate them, and and how to lead them best. And uh, you know that's a process that uh, that takes place. Um, I think this year reminded us all how how powerful social social media has gotten, and how um, you just. You, you got to think about it all times how you want to be represented and and how you, uh, you you want people to think of you and look at you and um, that that's your brand and that's that's your reputation as well. Um, I'm very confident in my leadership abilities uh, in, in the way that uh, that I conduct myself at the stadium and, and, I, and the way I lead by example um, and have very uh, you know, have. Very few insecurities about that, and, and feel confident that the guys respond <clears throat> to my leadership in a positive way, and, and that they appreciate it as well. Um, that being said, you know there's, there's always 
as you get older, like I said, there's more opportunities, more responsibility, and I look forward to those challenges and, and look forward to being a guy that uh, that our guys can count on and uh, going to continue to be a good teammate. And and, uh, and I, I really enjoy the opportunity to be the face of the franchise and, and to have guys count on me and, and, and to have guys follow my lead uh, on and off the field. And that's something that... Uh, you know, once we get a deal done uh, with the Packers here in the next couple of years, uh, I look forward to uh, to continue to carve out that as, as my legacy and, and hope that Packer fans can be proud of the guy leading them at quarterback. Let's get to the Ask Aaron questions, the final edition for this season. The first one comes from Mitch. And speaking of Mike Silver, whom we kid because we care, uh, I think we both consider him uh, a friend. In Mike Silver's yeah. column from the Super Bowl, he had this quote from Ray Lewis. Quote, love is the reason why we're here. It's a family, man, for life, for life. We're a family here, and that's what it's really about. When you see people win championships, they do it based off love. Uh, Mitch's question is this. Did this team, your team, or even last year's team, did you share the love? Did you feel the love? Was it one agenda, or were there other agendas at play? If love is the key, was there enough love in your locker room? I thought that was a pretty good, interesting question. <laughs> Yeah, it's an interesting question. Uh, I actually was in the, was down, had made my way down on the tunnel, and I saw Ray for about ten seconds as he was walking by. I wasn't trying to, trying to get in his way, but uh, we kind of made eye contact, and I got to embrace and and uh, tell him I was happy for him. To go out that way is pretty special to win your last game, and um, if it is Matt Burke, their center's last game, and, and Ray, they can be really proud of the way they finished up, and and proud of their careers. Uh, they're both both great players. Um, love in the locker room. There's uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know really how to answer this. I can just tell you that I think we have real good chemistry on our team. We have real good leadership. Um, it is a family atmosphere. And uh, as you saw last year with the you know unfortunate passing of of uh, Joe Philbin's son. Uh, we are we are a family. We spend a lot of time together. Often, some of us more times uh, with with our guys than with our families. Um, it's it's a lot of hours and, and and a strong commitment. And I think this off season we're going to continue to reinforce how important that commitment is to each other. Uh, how when we we do spend time together, let's make the most of it. Let's let's work together. Let's believe in each other. Let's spend time with each other. Alex Van Pelt, I thought, had a great speech last year. Our uh, coaching staff uh, switches off who gives the Friday pre-practice speech before the games. And uh, and Alex uh, stressed the importance of spending time together and being a family and uh, hanging out outside the facility. And I got to spend time with Jim Kelly uh, Friday night. And actually, Bruce Smith was there as well. And Alex uh, always talks about how Jim, uh, you know, kind of set the tone for that. Now they they might have got after it a little harder than uh, than other teams, but uh, but it is important you spend time with each other, and uh, it is a family atmosphere. And I think I think we have a lot of that in Green Bay. That's that's kind of the atmosphere of the Midwest, uh, family values, and um, and just you know love for your neighbor. And uh, I think we have a lot of that in the Packer organization and in the locker room. Uh, Abby asks the question that you kind of alluded to earlier. She says, did you find it amusing that you now have so many followers who are One Direction fans, and have you read those mentions from them? Uh, I believe Harry Styles' uh, tweet was, Aaron Rodgers, 12, you're my hero. Uh, Have you gotten a different demographic on Twitter? Are you able to digest all those mentions that were blowing up your timeline? I've seen uh, quite a few of them. It's you know, in an effort to to see if there were any fan questions or any retweetable tweets, uh, there was the majority of them had uh, at Harry Styles and at myself in the in the mentions. Um, I don't know how many crossover fans there are. One Direction to uh, to Green Bay Packer fans. There's probably more Green Bay Packer fan crossovers to One Direction fans. But I was really surprised that uh, that one. You know, he's a fan of the team, and, and two, a fan of myself, uh, especially after the Drew Brees commercial. Right. But um, that's, I will share that little story because uh, I think the fans would appreciate this. My 
my favorite Brett Favre story from the Super Bowl. Uh, and uh, this was a great one. Uh, Brett met uh, the band that performed at, at the NFL Honors, One Republic. Uh, I'm a big fan of One Republic. I enjoy the music. I got to meet uh, the band and hang out with them a little bit. They're great guys and very talented musicians. Um, yeah, we but, saw uh, your tweet about them. Yeah, yeah. Thank I'm you. I'm sure you were um, proud of that one. I was, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was happy to meet those guys. Uh, but Brett met them backstage, and, and the quote that he said to them that I thought was hilarious, I think Packer fans and, and just anybody will appreciate, was, uh, was, I guess they're meeting, and Brett says, yeah, man, I love your commercial with Drew Brees. <laughs> Which was, was just class, classic Brett. If you know any of the stories about, about how Brett was in, uh, was in geology class in college, and, and after a weekend, he asked the professor, uh, you know, when are we going to start talking about states and capitals? Um, he thought it was a geography class. But, uh, but but just a funny story there, mixing up One Direction and One Republic. Uh, in, what, how did in, One Republic react? I'm not sure they knew uh, what he was talking about at first, but uh, <laughs> I think everybody's laughing now. Uh, Andrea, uh, I'm sorry, we're not to her yet. R- Randall wants to know um, if you know who you're paired with at the PGA Pebble Beach Pro-Am yet and uh, if you are, in fact, going to play. Yes, I am going to play. Uh, I originally thought I was going to be with uh, Dustin Johnson. Um, I'm, I'm good friends with John Mallinger, who's a PGA pro, uh, but I, I've I've heard whispers that I might be with uh, a recent winner of a PGA Tour event. Um, I, I can't 100% confirm it, but uh, it could be uh, Lefty and myself. Oh, okay. Well, we'll wait to, to see if that becomes official. Um, this one comes from Ben. He says, John Harbaugh said after the Super Bowl that he was devastated for Jim. Two questions. First, have you ever competed against either Jordan or Luke in anything and destroyed them to the point where you felt a little bit bad about it? And second, say you were lucky enough to play against Jordan's team in the NFL someday, maybe even in the Super Bowl, will there be a small part of you that would be happy if his team beat you? Uh, I can't think of any time where my brother and I were on opposite teams other than maybe the uh, Marsh coaches basketball game back when I was a freshman in college and I coached my brother and I coached uh, our little brother Jordan in his 8th grade basketball team at Marsh Junior High and there was a, at the end of the season there was a coaches game for all the coaches that coached Marsh, Marsh basketball and uh, they made my brother and I captains who were on different teams and we beat them pretty bad um, other than that there hasn't been a lot of competitions, I didn't feel bad when we beat them that day, I was bummed <laughs> we didn't get to play together but uh, I you know, it's. I can just tell you this. I think, uh, as a as a parent or a brother, you really want uh, your kids or your brother brothers to to surpass the success that you've had. If you if you truly care about them, I, I just really believe that, and, and that's how I feel about Jordan with his opportunity uh, coming up here to get drafted and, and play in the NFL. Um, I would love for him to, to surpass anything that I've accomplished in the league. I don't know if that's going to happen, um, and I wouldn't um, wouldn't want to get beat by him, but uh, um, I would be very happy for him if that happened and if he was able to achieve the success that he wants to in the league because uh, I love him, I care about him, I'm really proud of him. And, um, I think you, you want to see your, I would think, you want to see your kids or your, your siblings uh, you know, have a lot of success in what they're passionate about, and Jordan, wants to be a successful football player, and, and uh, I really hope he's able to achieve that dream. Uh, Richard says, you're a competitive guy, a cerebral guy. Can you think of a particular victory that wasn't as sweet because you failed to exploit a specific mismatch the coaches had in the game plan? Or on the flip side, have you ever taken consolation in a loss knowing you outwitted a defender that likes to play head games with you. I know there's a lot of game-within-a-game stuff that fans never see from their couches on Sunday. Yeah, you know, uh, there's been many games where I've, I've felt uh, disappointed in a, in a win by not playing my best or not exploiting a matchup. Very few on the flip side where you feel really good after a loss. I, don't, I just don't think it really right. happens. 
uh, I've had a couple feelings. Uh, USC, when we played them at the Coliseum in 2004, when I completed 23 in a row, it was a weird feeling after the game because I knew I had played really well, uh, but we'd lost, and, and you had that feeling of you let it slip away, but you, you just don't know how much more you could have done. Uh, and that's a, that's a weird feeling because you always feel like there's more you could have done. We could have hit one of those passes on that last drive. Um, but, but like I said, there's very few that I can even think of where I've ever felt real good, you know, about um, about a loss. And it just doesn't happen when you're a competitor. It's more on the flip side, you know, laying in bed at night, uh, thinking about uh, the mistakes you made after a win and, and wanting to, to get back out there and correct them. Technically, you won that USC game, didn't you now? Didn't they have to vacate that victory or no? Technically, yeah, but I still haven't received my uh, Pac-10 championship ring from that season. I know you keep waiting for that in the mail. A couple more before we let you go. Uh, Jason says, I was at DQ recently and saw that I can have your likeness put on an ice cream cake. The picture looks like you have dropped back to pass the football. I have three quick questions. One, when it comes to eating cake, do you prefer middle or edge pieces? Edge. They have the most frosting. Two, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla. And three. I was going to let that go, actually. Classic. Uh, and, it's just classic. I, I'd say classic, not boring. It's classic. Now, now, wait a minute. So if you get vanilla ice cream, do you put anything on it even? Not really, no. I like it just, uh, just straight vanilla. Okay. Uh, and three, why do you always place your right foot a half step behind you when you're lined up in the shotgun? I don't know if that's the pose on the cake or not. Uh, if that's a trade secret, then I'll understand if you can't answer. I don't really think it's a trade secret. It's. Uh, I used to be uh, squared up in the shotgun, uh, and I've actually, in college at Butte, I had my right foot forward, but Tom Clements, Started in 2006, started working on uh, left foot forward, and um, it was, you know, I, I fought it at first, but then you realize uh, I just, I, I just feel like I have a lot more rhythm with my left foot forward and in the, in the, the steps I take in the shotgun. Whether it's a, a, a simulated three-step drop, so you're just kind of taking a left-right in the shotgun, or it's a, a three-step in the shotgun, I've always found a lot more rhythm uh, in, in doing it that way. And, and as I tell my little brother and young quarterbacks um, you know really balance rhythm and and timing are the most important uh, aspects in a, you know in a quarterback's drop and to be successful throwing the ball accurately um, so I've always felt like I've been able to be on balance more that way and, and had a lot better rhythm and as you've seen a couple of my contemporaries have uh, have adopted the uh, the footwork um, Tony uh, in Dallas is, is doing left foot forward now, and, and Tom in New England is doing left foot forward as well. So um, I get asked that a lot. Uh, Trent Dilfer has asked me, uh, in, in, you know, why he should teach young quarterbacks that footwork, and um, and that's the answer I give. I just feel like that you have a lot more rhythm and and balance uh, doing it that way. And uh, those are three really unrelated questions, but I, I did appreciate them. Last uh, last two questions as we wrap up the 2012-13 season on the Aaron Rodgers Show. Hugh says, as much as I would like to hear the Llama story today, the question that you put on hold until after the season was reflecting on the impact of not having Joe Philbin at 1265 Lombardi Avenue this year. It would be great if you could answer that question now. Well, I mean, the best way I can answer that is... Uh, is kind of referring to an earlier question about family and about love. Uh, you know, I, I was able to work with Joe for the first seven years of my career. He was uh, a carryover from the previous staff, and our relationship grew in those seven years uh, from, uh, you know, kind of work associates to good friends. And we cared about Joe a lot and his family and his kids. And uh, when we went through that ordeal last year together, um, but that was tough on all of us, uh, especially myself, because I, I considered Joe a close friend. And um, to see him grieving and his family grieving like they did, uh, that was very difficult. Um, I was, you know, 
happy happy for him to get an opportunity to be a head coach. I, I, I spoke often about the, the pedigree that he has to be a head coach, the personality, the ability to control a room, the knowledge, the play calling ability. Um, so I wasn't surprised by that. But I felt like you know it was good for him and his family for a, just a change of scenery. Uh, so every time they uh, you know were in Wisconsin, didn't think about uh, the passing of their son. Um, so on a friendship level. That was probably the, the biggest uh, difficulty for me was just not being able to see my friend every day at work and get to talk to him and, and joke with him and, um, and be mentored by him uh, the way that he mentored us in the offensive room. So we just missed his personality I think, more than anything. Uh, I really like the staff. You know, we got a lot of former players, a lot of guys who understand how to coach the game and teach the game. And, um, great young coaches as well. Enjoyed working with Ben McAdoo uh, in the quarterback room. He brings a lot of energy and and ideas to that room. And, and he had my back throughout the season, which was which was really appreciated by me. And uh, I think he does a really good job of teaching the position and, and making sure his guys are prepared. Um, so I don't want to take anything away from our staff. Um, you know, most of all, I just missed his uh, his calm and steady personality in the offensive room and. And again, you know, more than anything, I miss his friendship. And finally, uh, Mike in Shorewood says the buildup surrounding Aaron's llama story is similar to Jerry's girlfriend's tractor story on Seinfeld. Knowing how that one turned out, maybe we should let the llama story remain a mystery. Andrea, meanwhile, says, I know you've got a lot to discuss today, but to refresh Aaron's memory, it was your uncle's llama story. Is there a llama story to be told, or is this our season uh, finale cliffhanger? You'll have to tune in next season. Thank you for the refresher. Um, I'm not exactly sure what people want to hear. I feel like there's going to be a major letdown. Um, just a, a, couple, a couple highlights from my time at the llama ranch, and then and then I'll tell a quick story about my uncle, and then we'll call it a season. Um, highlights from the llama ranch. So my family is moving from Utah, California, up to Portland. In between, we, we spent the summer at my aunt's llama, my aunt and uncle's llama farm. They have had at the time about 50 llamas that they uh, that they uh, would breed for uh, pack animals and, and, uh, and for show as well. So my mother, my little brother, and I, my older brother was in Ukiah playing all-star baseball. So we spent the summer uh, raking uh, llama pens, uh, picking up poop and moving it to uh, the... Uh, other areas where they they, uh, they kept the poop. That was kind of our daily chores. So that made for some really interesting uh, stories and happenings. And um, when my brother finally did get up there after uh, um, after baseball stars ended, uh, he still gloats about the fact that that was our one major fight growing up, and that he he beat me uh, in the fight. So he still says he's had one zero in all time fights. Um, that was a good experience. RBI Baseball kind of got us through the summer. Anybody who knows old Sega Genesis, RBI Baseball, like 94, was uh, was our game. We loved playing that, and that was kind of the highlight of the summer was finishing with our morning chores and getting to play RBI Baseball. But the thing I want to I want to brag about my uncle a little bit. He's in his 70s now, and um, our family, maybe it's just our own family idea, but we we believe that. The Indiana Jones, you know, trilogy. I guess. And I guess there's more. There's more videos, but the series of Indiana Jones movies, just loosely based around my uncle's life. He was an archaeologist who uh, spent uh, much of his uh, adult life in uh, Egypt and India and other countries uh, on these archaeological expeditions. His um, array of uh, or his collection of artifacts is uh, is unbelievable. I'm, you know, hoping at some point to get to some of these passed down to me, uh, some of these artifacts. But, uh, so yeah, we just, uh, you know, we, we call him our, our Indiana Jones. He's got an incredible story. And um, I don't know if, again, this is probably going to underwhelm people, but because uh, it's a family story and I'm gloating about my uncle who, may or may not be a small inspiration of the Indiana Jones movies, but uh, if you look at the three movies, uh, especially the three movies from my youth, there's been a Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls, the new one, which is a good one, um, but uh, a lot of that stuff that was done in those movies um, and, and Harrison Ford's character mirrors my uncle's life from uh, teaching archaeology um, in England to uh, to the various hunts that he goes on. Um, 
there's a lot of carryover and stuff that he did that my uncle did. So a little family bragging there might not have no relation. Probably very underwhelming to people, but uh, but that's that's the uh, the story from the Lama Ranch. Well, I think we'll give you a pass if people consider that underwhelming because certainly the Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre on the stage at the NFL Honors was uh, unexpected and, and really big for Packers fans. So I think you get a pass if uh, if your uncle, who sounds like a fascinating guy, didn't get people quite as excited about the Llama Ranch as they were all season long. Uh, when will we see you again? I, I'm guessing you're not going to be a driver's thing tomorrow. That's kind of driver's moment, right? Or are you going to come in Donald. for that? No, it is it's definitely Donald's moment. And uh, I hope the fans, uh, I, I know they will, I'm sure it's sold out, but I hope the fans just uh, send him out the way that he deserves. And as many retired players, it's not going to be the last you're going to see a Donald. He's, uh, you know, he's forever a Packer, and I'm sure he'll be around uh, a good amount. But uh, happy for him and, and the things he accomplished. He has a lot to be proud about. And, was a part of some incredible teams and wins and the Super Bowl win. Um, just really happy for him as he transitions into his uh, his, his next career. We know you'll but be I back will... in Wisconsin for your Mac Fund event, but we don't. Any other time we'll be seeing you? Should we be looking for you anywhere? I'm a full time off season guy, so once we start day one, I'm gonna be there and uh, can't wait to get going. My guys have talked to him. Got to see Randall and uh, Casey out in. Uh, in New Orleans, and um, we got a special group of guys, and I'm excited about the future of the Packers. Packer fans should be excited about the guys that we have, and guys coming back from injury, and, and the guys that Ted's going to add in the draft. So it's going to be an exciting season. I'm going to miss these Tuesdays. I have fun with it. I think we've we've kind of grown our, our listener listeners by a little bit. I hope, and uh, I just want to say I appreciate the questions, uh, not from yourself, but from the fans, and. Uh, <laughs> And it's been uh, it's been a fun uh, fun season of Tuesdays, and look forward to doing it again. Well, we will uh, look forward to next season. I think I speak for everyone who listens uh, when I say that it's been great to get this glimpse every week, and and we appreciate it. So enjoy your off season, and we'll see you again soon. Sounds good. This has been the season finale of the Aaron Rodgers Show.